but everything is kept up date up to date all the time and dme pos products are the biggest changes that we work on on a daily basis welcome to the becoming a pharmacy badass podcast where we talk about how to diversify your revenue streams increase your net income and optimize your operations to create the pharmacy of your dreams i hope you enjoy and subscribe Welcome back to another episode of Becoming a Pharmacy Badass. And so many independent retail pharmacies bill for Medicare Part B. Most of us do it because of insulin supplies. Uh, and so there's a lot happening there with uh, the billers and the requirements and what Medicare is looking at. So we want to make sure you stay compliant. So we brought on, of course, the expert, Jeff Hedges, to help us dig into these different topics and help make sure that you are doing everything you're supposed to be doing and that the billing company that you're using is doing everything that they're supposed to be doing. Because we all just kind of assume our, our biller is going to help keep us compliant, um, but we can't just assume anymore. You, you've got to really take responsibility and know what the requirements are. So if you're not familiar with Jeff, uh, Jeff, go ahead and just give a brief overview um, what you do at RJ Hedges and how you help independent pharmacies um, and DME places keep compliance. Well, thank you, Lisa. Yes, our company provides a proprietary software, super simple to use. It's written to the eighth grade level so all techs and clerks can understand it because they're the ones normally getting the questions. So uh, everything's online. You can buy our products either in packages, uh, in programs, or what, uh, or a la carte. So there's no hard, fast way uh, to order uh, to order things because we offer all kinds of options. So we work on what you need, not what you want. So, but anyways, everything's done. I mean, all the documentation is required. We're going to talk about some of that here in a moment. But everything is kept up to, up to date all the time. And DME POS products are the biggest changes that we work on on a daily basis. Yeah, and I think what really you know, hangs most pharmacy owners up. And I, this is something that, that I've learned over the years is that, you know, medical billing, DME billing, you know, these other types of services that pharmacy provide are really completely different types of businesses. I mean, they just have nothing to do with pharmacy. Uh, you know, they use HICPICS codes and not NDCs. And, and with that change, and when, once you step outside of pharmacy, you really are held to a whole different set of rules. Um, you can't just assume what you do on the pharmacy side is okay on this side. And so we're gonna dive into that DME side um, and really explain what the differences are and, and you know how to make sure that you're doing what you need to be doing whenever dispensing on that DME side. So um, maybe just start us off on, you know, what, what are the things that pharmacies, you know, what are the first things that, you know, they gotta be thinking about um, as they make that transition over to the DME side? Okay, so when it comes to Part B meds and DME items, turn off your pharmacy head and forget everything you know because it doesn't apply. It's a whole different process. So when it comes to Part B, uh, we don't have a prescription. Even though it looks like a prescription, it's called a standard written order. Again, we're back to Medicare, so it's always going to be complicated. So. The 
functions of that standard written order are fairly simple. I mean, all the requirements that are there on our, is on our standard scripts we receive from our docs or through the e-script system. So at that point, now we got the uh, standard written order. All the rules changed for DME on January 1st, 2020, two and a half months before the pandemic started. And no one, most people don't even realize that all that paperwork that you used to have to have has been eliminated, which is, I mean, mind-boggling at that point. <laughs> that never happens. It never goes that way. <laughs> yeah. When we when the rule came out, I even talked to a couple of credit bodies and they weren't getting it. And I finally showed them some of the documents. They said, this is all you need. And what you need is that standing written order, which is your normal prescription. Okay. At that point, you got to make sure um, that you got the product, the correct product, and you're dispensing it to the correct patient under the correct format. Yes, you can do it through your pharmacy software, through uh, uh, these different billing companies out there that wor uh, work into your system. So we got contracted uh, about billing, uh, find out an easier way to do it. And one of the things we found actually was mind blowing because all these audits are going on all the time. And I always look at how many of the audits are being lost. And it's like, surely these people aren't losing, all these people are losing these audits. And then we're looking at it, we're pretty confident because we got everything there. But then we got started getting some audits from our clients and they were losing them. And this investigation I did, and it went into all the pharmacy software companies out there. Uh, if you don't, yeah, you can put an NDC in. You can actually make up an NDC so it goes through the system. Problem is, the only thing Medicare Part B decide, uh, wants, they want to know the HICPIC code and the modifiers. Your systems do not collect that data. So if you don't collect that data from the system, uh, it's automatically going to get processed the way the billing software thinks it should be. For example, uh, diabetic supplies. Uh, the HICPIC code is A4253. However, there are two modifiers that are very important. A KX modifier means the patient is on insulin. A KS modifier means that they're not. So if the modifier goes in incorrectly, it's being billed incorrectly, and uh, and the claim is uh, is lost. Also, there's minimum requirements or, or only requirements, like on diabetic strips. If you're doing uh, a KS, non-insulin dependent patient, you can only give 100 strips or two boxes for 90 days. There's no ifs, ands, or buts. No matter what the doctor says, that is it. If you don't do it that way, you're going to lose the claim. If it's a KX modifier, you're going to do the same thing. Two boxes, 100 strips, but for a 30-day period. Okay, so if the date of service on your uh, claim isn't correct and it doesn't match up with the quantity you dispense, it's automatically going to be dis um, uh, rejected by Medicare. Uh, so... What we found uh, during this investigation is that it wasn't this data wasn't being collected. It's not your fault. The pharmacy softwares don't have it. 
the billing uh, companies that are out there don't collect it. So it's really hard for anybody to get the right data to uh, over to Medicare. Now, there are billing companies out there that you send all your documentation to them, and they will process it and put it in the right format and send it in. But you still got to look at them and see how familiar are they? Do they do quality work? Are there any complaints? Because it's like everything else. There are people that are very, very competent out there. And then you got the guy working out the back room, has no clue what a HIPAA code is. So, uh, so anyways, uh, those are the types of things that we have to have. Uh, now, the company that I was contracted to work with, because they they do tra- uh, medical billing for immunizations, is Transact RX. They contracted us to do this research and help them write their software. Uh, they are collecting the HICPIC code and the modifier. Also, when we uh, help them write the software, if you were dispensing more than what is allowed, it gives you a warning sign and it stops you from doing a dispensing that is not correct. Remember, the doctor doesn't get to pick the type of strip or the quantity. If he says he wants that insulin, a non-insulin dependent time, uh, to test three times a day, don't happen. So there's also a support document you have to put in. It used to be called a detailed written order where you had to get the physician to sign or written order prior to delivery. The doctor had to sign before you can dispense it. Gone, completely gone. So you have to have a document within your system. And in our system, it's called a a detailed product description. It lists all the items there. And all you have to do is check it, check the boxes or put the quantity in and go down through it. Uh, very simple, but you also have to keep that with that standing written order for your files. Now, as we move into the electronic age, you are now permitted to scan. Once you get all the documents together, you scan all that, uh, all the documentation right into your pharmacy software under the patient profile for that particular script. That eliminates all that paperwork you have to keep for uh for part B, you have to keep it for seven years. Everything else is 10, but you can keep it in there and you don't have to hand all this paper because we got too much paper as it is. So let's use the electronic, but it has to be when, once it's uploaded, you want to make sure you have everything, including the EOB attached to go into your file. So, um, but anyways, uh, other, I mean, other things that have happened. There are no more CMNs. There's no more diffs. They all got eliminated on January 1st of this year. So we get calls all the time. Jeff, we can't find our CMN. I said, it's not there. They said, well, we need it for our diabetic supplies. I said, we eliminated it three years ago. You don't need it anymore. They said, well, we're not going to be able to dispense it. I said, yeah, you are. Look at the sample patient file. Look at the policy and procedure in the portal. It explains it in detail on how to do it. So B is not hard as long as you do a very specific process. And then their documentation, that's part one. Part two is making sure that whoever's doing your billing electronically or manually, that they have the tools to access the information that, you, uh, that they need to properly build it. Because if they're not asking for it, they're guessing. 
Yeah, and you mentioned the CMN, and if you're not familiar with with Medicare building, I believe that was the cert- certification of medical need. Certificate of medical necessity. Yeah, yeah. So um, that that was. I remember. I remember doing all that paperwork, and you had to have all these signatures. I mean, it was it was crazy. So it's very exciting to hear that actually Medicare has eliminated some paperwork, which is usually the opposite of of what they what they do. And so. Um, I want to touch on something that you had said, because this, I think, is a point that most pharmacy owners don't realize because they still have that pharmacy hat on. And when you do DME and medical benefits, you have to take that off and put on the other hat, is that unlike the prescription where a doctor can dictate a brand, um, you know, a certain a certain type, when it comes to, like, say, diabetic test strips or um Medicare Part B drugs like a nebulizer med or something like that. A really a doctor can't say freestyle life, you know, you know, life scan strips or you know whatever the case may be. Um, talk a little bit about that. And then if a patient says, "But Jeff, I'm coming to you to get you know this. You're trying to give me this test strip. I really only want freestyle." You know, what is a pharmacy to do and does Medicare ever pay for those or is it just the flat amount and you got to figure it out? So talk a little bit about that because I think there is a lot of, I'll say, mythology around that when it comes to specific brands. Okay, good. Um, so the doctor writes, he wants one touch, which uh, goes to a previous car, car, uh, podcast we just did, but he writes it. He wants it four times a day, non-insulin dependent, don't care about anything. You will dispense uh one touch strips they're expensive they're far more than what the medicare allowable is so but they can't dictate that and no matter what they want to do they can't dictate then they can't change cms requirements and those are all listed on the local coverage determination or lcd what happens on that uh it's and when i explain it to docs or i explain it to uh pharmacies i said so the doctor orders a um, pair of crutches or a wheelchair, and he specific, specifically set, uh, names a brand. Do you dispense it on what he's saying? Well, of course not. We wouldn't. Okay, diabetic strips is DME. So no matter what the doc says, you don't dispense them. Okay, you dispense what uh, Medicare does not want you. This is unlike the PBMs. Medicare does not want you to lose money dispensing their products. There are products that are below the uh, the allowable fees that Medicare is paying. Use those products. Patient want to complain about it? That's fine. Mrs. Smith, I know your doctor wants you to use Ultra One Touch, but Medicare is only permitting me to use a TrueTrack script. Now, if you want the One Touch, we can sell it to you. But there's a couple things you have to know. First, we need to do an advanced beneficiary notice or ABN. We're, we're going to fill it out. We're going to put in what the uh, the full fee is for the um, for the reimbursement, which is your usual customary for one touch. They have to pay the twenty percent plus the difference between the liable and their and your usual customary, not what you send into Medicare but what your usual and customary is, which is your cash price. Okay, When they see, why? I I can't afford $120 for a box. <laughs> exactly. We can't dispense it. And if we dispense that, we lose everything. So you have to explain that to the, uh, the patient. 
Now, the PBMs are going to get upset with you if you do that on the drugs, non Part B, but we're talking DME here. So you educate the patients, you, uh, uh, how to dispense, what they are authorized. Don't keep it secret. Say you're only authorized to do one uh, test uh, per day because you're non insulin dependent. Congratulations. So, um, and you don't need to have your fingers all messed up by, uh, uh, by the needle pricks. Then we move into this uh, continuous glucose monitor process. That has just changed. And actually, it's changed three times, I think, in the last three, four months. Yeah, I've, uh, I've, try, I've stopped trying to keep up with it. Well, my staff's outside the recording studio right now. They're actually working on uh, continuous glucose monitors. And I haven't been given the latest change. But the biggest thing is, as you've, you're doing continuous glucose monitors, uh, if you're using us, we'll be updating. That's what they're going to, it's going to be updated later today. But you got to read the local coverage determination or LCD. Now, it used to be all four DMAX had their own. Now, these are managed by CMS. It covers all four DMAX. So you got, you only have one process to do. But these things change. LCDs, like I mentioned earlier, are constantly being updated. And sometimes they don't change the date. So they make a change in it and keep the original date. So you don't even realize that it's been changed and you're out of compliance. So CMS is famous for doing that. Yeah. Where can pharmacies find their LCDs? Like, is there, you know, the a, a best website? Obviously, if they're your customers, um, you know, you're keeping them updated. But if somebody's listening to this and they're like, holy moly, like, I didn't even know these things out there existed. Um, where can a pharmacy go find, you know, what is at least the, the latest LCD? Okay, LCDs are easy to find. Uh, you should know who your uh, DMAC is, what region you're in. Okay, now there's only two contractors now. Neridian, uh, DMAC A and D, and CVG, uh, CGS, yeah, CGS is many, uh, takes care of B and C. When you go onto their sites and you go into DME, Part B, you'll see on the side LCD. Click on that and it'll give you all, I think we're at 57 LCDs, and they're not a single page document. Some of these things are 25 pages long. And that's after they pulled the documentation requirement out and had their own LCD for just the documentation. You got to read them. If you're dispensing, someone has to read them and make sure you're in compliance because a modifier may apply to one of the items on the LCD, but not to another. And there's, you just got to know that information. Whoever is DM, uh, is, um, Managing your DME, they have to know this. Now, one of the other questions I always get, some of you are going to like me and some of you are going to hate me right now. Uh, they said, Jeff, I can't find anybody to do this for me that knows what they're talking about. I said, two choices. You can send them to our office and we'll try to train them. Or find out who the best biller is in town for whether a DME facility or a pharmacy and go off them a dollar more an hour and bring them over to your side. <laughs> Might take a little more than a dollar more than an hour these days, but yes, that is a um, definitely a strategy that I know some people have employed. Like, abs mm. 
Absolutely. You're, you're spot on. Um, so if you're listening to this and you are in the DME space, want to get in the DME space, want to expand, it, it can be a really great space. Um, you just, you, you gotta, you know, hit all the regulatory things, you know, head on and, and really take a proactive approach to that. Uh, and you're, you're interested in learning more of how, you know, Jeff and his team, which has like one of the best teams in pharmacy has got to say, I, I love everybody over there. Um, Jeff, how can they get a hold of you if this is something that they want to pursue, pursue and go further with? Okay. Sounds good. First off, the fallacy that you can't make money in DME is gone. Yeah. Okay. So you can make money as long as you do it right. Especially diabetic shoes. You're still making $300 on a pair of shoes. Okay, so contact us. You can go to our website, uh, www.rjhedges.com. We have all kinds of information up there. We have videos, some of the programs you can order online, um, depending on what you need or what you have. Or you can send us an email at sales at rjhedges.com or call us at 724-357-8380. You'll probably be routed to Jenny. And she's just fun to talk to. So, but <laughs> let us help you. I mean, we can help you. Uh, and yes, some people will say we're a little expensive, but you get exactly what you pay for. So, you do. Those, so. those uh, $99 will help you be compliant in everything programs. Um, you know, they might work if you spend, you know, 20 hours, uh, uh, you know, it seems like 20 hours a day working on them, but, uh, uh, you definitely get what you're paid for. And I actually love your guys's offerings now, you know, with the bundles, like, Hey, if you, if you need a bunch of these things, here's this, but Hey, if you just need a few things, um, a la carte out there, because as, as independent pharmacies are following some advices, of you know, getting more niched, getting more focused, you know, you might only need, uh, to, you know, you might only to be worried about a few things and don't need to worry about everything. So, um, thank you so much for your time in this, Jeff, you, you've helped us with this entire compliance series, and we still have more to come. If you're listening to this, if you didn't catch some of our earlier episodes, go back and listen to those because there are a ton of compliant factors coming up at the end of 2023. And in particular, November, we want to make sure that you're aware of all those. Um, so thank you so much, Jeff. And I look forward to chatting with you again. Okay, thank you and have a great day, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. And if you found this content valuable, here are four ways I can help you have a more profitable pharmacy for free. One, join my free group at lisasrxgroup.com. Two, get the latest strategies at diversifyrx.com forward slash blog. Three, watch helpful videos at lisasyt.com. Four, hit that subscribe button and please be sure to leave us a five-star review so we can help more pharmacy owners and bring those insights back to you. Becoming a Pharmacy Badass is proud to be a part of the Pharmacy Podcast Network.